Welcome to the Mom Village Podcast. We are three multicultural moms sharing our journey through motherhood with the Christ Center Foundation. For information and resources, visit us at our church's website at gofamilychurch.org. Or you can also email us at themomvillage at gofamilychurch.org. And please go over and follow us on Instagram at themomvillagefc. We're glad that you're here and welcome to our village. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Village. We are so happy you're joining us. My name is Gismeri Ramos, and I'm here with my ladies, Kira Kelly. Hey, Village. And Kristen Scroggins. Hi, ladies. And Heidi Morton. Hi. Thanks for having me back. (laughs) We're so excited. We're here in part two of launching your kids, and we're happy that Heidi's still with us. But before we jump in in episode two, Kristen, tell us a little bit of what we spoke about in episode one. and. Yeah, what are we doing now in episode two? Okay, so we have Heidi Martin with us. And if you are listening to this first, press pause, go back and listen to episode one. And you're going to get to know, if you don't already know her, who she is and who her people are. But Heidi is such a joy. She's a veteran mom. She's been married 28 years, has two great kids who she and her husband have launched. They are both college graduates and, right? Pretty well, much. Kyle's almost. Yeah, mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks, so pretty much. And they're doing great things. So go back and listen to that. But we kind of set this whole idea up of launching our kids. And she gave us some really practical things to think about in this. We talked about not just that. We talked about marriage. We talked about parenting in general. So go back and listen. But in this episode, Heidi, I had you here because Anna Kate's a senior and Heidi is the president of the school where Anna Kate goes. She is his wife and his executive, not just an assistant. She is the executive assistant. And she has such a huge part at the King's Academy. But she spoke at Anna Kate and her friend's senior luncheon. And one of the things that they talked about, she and another friend of hers kind of went back and forth and had a segment of what our kids would want us to know before we launch them. And then what moms or parents would want the kids to know before they launch. So we're going to talk about some of that here. And I think it's going to really help us, even if you don't turn us off, if you don't have a student in high school, thinking about these things ahead of time is going to really help soften the blow when it happens. So let's just get started. Episode two, launching our kids. Okay. so. Let's start by asking you, what is one of your many favorite mom memories slash seasons with your kids? Well, there's so many memories. I'll pick the season yeah, question yeah. part of it. Well, the ones that stand out the most. Yes. So, the cheerful ones. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I think that some of the best times of raising my kids was between when they were the ages of 4 to 12. Mm-hmm. 4 to 12 has got to be the golden age. That's what I call <gasps> That's it. That's where the I golden am. Age. I call well, it the cotton candy stage. That's what I'm saying. So you feel it. Even when I was in it, I knew this was the stage. So I encourage moms out there to, you know, breathe in every moment of it. Invest in your kids at this age because they're sponges. They're fun. They're active. They're learning. They're achieving. And 
And they still like doing all of that. So that was my favorite season. They also and, still think mom is awesome. Cool. Mom. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say they still think I'm super cool mm-hmm. yeah. and I'm a superhero. And, and they ask for my advice and they think everything yes. I say is awesome. Yes. <laughs> so That's I am in a sweet state. Yes. Yeah. Enjoy it, girl. Enjoy it. Yeah. 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 No, I'm going to go cry. No, no. It's good. no. Wait, wait. <laughs> embrace. Have, embrace it. Embrace, embrace it. it. Yeah. She said it in part one. <laughs> embrace it. Cry it out, but enjoy it. I'm learning. Well, I'm learning. We know that that time goes by really, really fast. So, you know, there are a lot of moms who are listening. And, and as Kristen said, we don't want you to tune out because before you blink, you will be launching a child. It is inevitable. But Heidi, we'd love for you to share with some of our younger moms, like, what were the priorities that you and your husband had when your kids were little to keep your family close and to point your kids to Jesus? What were some of the things that you, maybe some of your traditions or, you know, your scheduling, you know, what were some of those things that some of the moms maybe can tune in and start doing now before they launch their kids? Yeah, absolutely. I would have to say the biggest thing that we did was just talk. Like we talked to our kids, talk, 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 talk. We made them talk back, making your kids communicate. Oh, that's good. Huge. So basic, but so good. Honestly, because sometimes it is so much easier to just let them be because you're tired or whatever. So I would have to say talk, talk in the car, late at night, whenever, talk. If they came home with a story from school about other kids, that's the best teaching <laughs> because you're telling them, oh, well, what did you think about that when he did this and she did that and she said this? What did you think? Oh, well, you know, my opinion is – and then you just share your opinion. And through them, you're giving them so many truths, but you have to put your phone down to do it. Mm-hmm. And may I just Come make – maybe – can I just make <laughs> one point? Some of you, your mom, you're thinking, oh, I put my phone down every time. But the problem is, what about the missed opportunities where they've seen you on your phone and didn't want to interrupt? Mm. So I would have to say that phone situation, just it being present, could be contributing to the non-talking. I'd also say the family devotion thing, like with the kids, like we did it that night before bed and stuff. So I think, again, with the talking, when they were asking questions or we'd get sidetracked or whatever, they might have ulterior motives because they want to stay up, but use them. So who cares? Mm -hmm. Don't shut it down. Uh, Finish the topic. Finish the conversation. I would say that. I'll say church. Take them to church. Yep. You don't have to force them to go to the youth group or Awanas, but if they want to go, take them. Right. I probably set like we're doing a weekly thing. We're going to church for, you know, every week, you know, so that it's, it is a tradition and it's important. So you've now prioritized the spiritual aspect of the family. But I wouldn't make them probably go if they didn't want to because you have to have your battles and you have to know when to fight and when not to. So that's what I would suggest. The last thing I would probably suggest is know your audience hmm. and know when they can hear you. So understand what they will hear, what they're willing to hear, because you have to understand this situation. And a lot of times this comes in the teenage years, in my experience. Maybe when you say Jesus, they're going to shut down. They're not going to hear it. Like you st- come in strong a certain way. And then it's like, nah, that's just mom saying this, blah, blah, blah. And because they, they're forming their own ideas. So what you might want to do is try to find strategies that work for you and your child, maybe some backdoor moments 
to speak to actions or real life consequences with examples and then maybe save the spiritualizing of it or the Jesus part when they can hear it. And maybe that's at midnight mm-hmm. after a crisis. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like change it up for your kids. That might help. The ulterior motive struck me. So we had five boys first and then our two girls. So when my boys were all older, but my girls were still going to bed, Jimmy, a lot of times on Saturday nights, we'd say turns into a pumpkin because he's got to preach on Sunday morning. So he'd shut down at like nine. Well, I'm fun captain. So I'm down there watching football with the boys and I'll get in bed and I'm like, Jimmy, we had the best conversation. They like being with me. And he goes, turn the football game off and see how long they stay down there with you. And I'm like, yeah, but see, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I know they're using me to stay up later and watch football, but we're still having the conversation. So exactly. what you just said is so right. Use it. Use mm-hmm. it to your advantage. Do something productive. Enjoy that time together. You just said so many things that I can't even keep you know, talking about, but everything you just said is so true and so right and really valuable. Let me ask you this. So you've launched two kids, but in a sense, you and your husband are kind of in the business of helping parents launch kids in a way. I mean, he's the president of a school. You are very hands-on helping in all of that. And so you're helping parents produce good people that they feel good about launching. So how has the process of you personally launching and then training other people to launch changed your, I don't know how to say it in a better way, like your mama heart? And what have you learned from the process? Well, that's a tough question for me to break down, to be honest. So I'm not sure that, like, I have side conversations with parents quite often, from toddlers to teenagers, and I understand what you're saying about that advice. But when I go to give it, I'm not really learning anything about, like, I don't feel like I'm growing at that time. What I feel like is happening is... All of my failures are being exposed, (laughs) if that makes sense. And so- They're learning tools. Well, so now that's what I've decided. (laughs) That's a perfect way to say it because I've decided that as I think through points and issues about what I'm going to say or talk on, I've come to realize that these failures of mine can be used to maybe help someone Mm. with some pitfalls. So in a way, like it exposes me to something that, I'm now thinking about. And then even I can work through it because sometimes I feel kind of bad about myself and I feel some some kind like, oh, well, I failed at that. And maybe that's why they act like that. (laughs) So that, I guess that's my journey. Like wisdom puzzles, I feel like, you know? Yeah. And let me ask you this, this is off script a tad, but so in line with that, So don't you feel like we can do that with our kids sometimes too? Like we're always imparting wisdom to them. But do you think sometimes if we can be vulnerable as moms and like tell them sometimes when we've really messed something up? 100%. How many times like have this story that I tell my kids about me lying when I was little. I stuffed these pancakes down the thing. I wanted my mom to make them. Stuffed the pancakes down. And then lied about it. She's no dummy. She stuck her hand down in there and pulled him out and I got a spanking. They have made me tell that story (laughs) a million (laughs) times because it humanizes mom. And then you talk to them about, so it's not just what you just said, teaching young moms things, learning from your failures, but sometimes even God uses that in Mm -hmm. our kids' lives to like humanize us. Oh, mom's not just ultra spiritual. Mm -hmm. Talk about Jesus all the time. She actually has struggles and Mm -hmm. she actually needs them too. I'll have to say with my young adults, like the college age kids, 
I did take the approach of talking about more of my mess ups or what I struggle with and stuff. And I think in the young adults, that is extremely important for them to see that at the age appropriate time. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> I was always cautious and like even talking to my high school students and stuff when I share my testimony or I do something like that, like you don't want to say something and then that's a license for them to be like, oh, well, yeah, she well, did that. Did she turned out good. Well, yeah. She turned out fun. <laughs> Let me try yeah. it. Exactly. Yeah. So you have to, again, know your audience yeah. and know like what they can handle. But I have been way more open with my older kids because of that purpose, that reason. So as we're talking about launching, and I was looking at this question, I thought, man, I don't know if I thought about this. Selfishly, during the, the first launch process, I really, I think I focused a lot on my feelings. <laughs> And how I was going to feel and, you know, allowing those emotions, as we talked about earlier, to kind of free flow. I don't know that I thought about how the whole launching process affected our children at that time. So if you could share with us as our kids are being launched and they're dealing with, you know, a whole set of fears and maybe even some anxiety about leaving the home and, you know, which can be a mixed bag of, you know, excitement and just fear and concern. What are some of the things that you think? our kids would like the parents to know during that entire launching process. Heidi, I'm sitting up straighter. I'm starting to (laughs) feel the emotions that I felt in the luncheon that day. Anna Kate and I were holding hands and she started talking and I just started feeling conviction. I'm like, doggone it. I thought Anna Kate was going to get a life lesson. I didn't sign up for one today. So I'm I'm getting it again. Here we go. Hit me. Hit me, Heidi. Okay. Well, I have to say the luncheon that she's speaking about is I had another woman, a young woman who is about my daughter's age. So her name's Taylor Bartz. I work with her at the school. And so what we did is we got together and that's exactly what I asked her. I said, what would you as, let's go back to you 18, which is only a few years ago, what would you want your mom to know as you're trying to leave the nest and go off on your own? So she told me a few things. And so then I presented them to the moms. And um, so that's what Kristen's referring to. Okay. (laughs) So some of the things that we discussed were kids want to be respected. So I would tell parents, at least act like you're respecting them, to be (laughs) honest, until you actually do. Because if this is what they need from you, then it will cultivate a good relationship in the future. So here are ways that you could show that to them. Listen to them completely. Stop cutting them off. Like listen to their full idea, their full reasoning. And then instead of telling them that's stupid or it won't work, start asking them questions that may lead them to that conclusion. And that in itself is respect. Stop talking down to them. Number two, set boundaries. They want you to have boundaries, parents. Okay, like we're used to thinking boundaries in terms of just for them. No, when they're off on their own, they want you to have boundaries. Especially if you have been known to meddle or you are known as a helicopter parent, Mm. try to let them live their lives, make their mistakes, because they want to. Believe it or not, they would rather make the mistake than be prevented from the mistake, okay, by an aggressive, don't do this, do that situation. So as moms especially – We're used to kind of navigating and going ahead of our kids. 
so that nothing bad will happen or they won't have to feel any negative emotions. So you're like, oh, make sure to do this. Make sure when you get on the bus, sit with them and blah, blah, blah. Like all these little micro suggestions (laughs) is really us just trying to pave a way for our kids. And sometimes it is needed. Absolutely. But now in this part of life, they do not want it. So stop always strategizing. Stop offering advice unless you're asked for it now. And the thing is, is when you are asked for that advice, you have to be honest. And when you're honest, sometimes it comes from a place of judgment. I told you so, or you shouldn't have done that. What in the world made you think of that? Why did you do that? So try to form your words in a respectful way so that they can hear your honest advice when you're asked. Uh, Third, I would be intentional in your communication. So stop checking up on them. Stop texting them. Just stop. I'm not sure if you guys remember, but I remember being 53. I didn't have a phone in college. We didn't have this phone. We didn't have a texting or anything. So you were raised, a lot of moms out there were raised with no phones in college. Mm -hmm. So I would ask you to think back to them. Uh, You do not need 24-7 updates. Consider making arrangements, um, what this looks like before they go off to college, and agree to stick to them. And then we got the coming home situation. So let's say you've launched them, and technically they're launched, but they have to come back for holidays and seasons or whatever. I would consider also, with a texting boundary situation, I would consider making a plan for what coming home looks like. Because I feel like a lot of parents, especially their first one, you don't see that coming. You think coming home is going to be all exactly the same, but they want you to tell them, what do you want from me before this coming home even starts? Mm. Just tell me what you want. And then parents, I feel like, have to hear them because they are are technically adults. (laughs) So how... Can you compromise on certain things when they're home? Because at college, they've been doing whatever, whenever, whenever they wanted. So you now have to say, well, you know what? If you're home and you're out at one, I can't sleep. Because out of sight, out of mind, in college, I'm not thinking about you. But now you're back under my roof and I feel kind of a responsibility. So I have to work through a transition too. So you communicate, hey, I need you to text me that you're okay. Or text me when you're home. I'm in bed. I won't wait up for you, but stay home because when I get up to go to the bathroom, I want to see that you're home (laughs) and I don't want to freak out. So this communication and this setting a plan before they leave is very important. And the point is we want our kids to like us when they leave. We want to have a friendship with them, one we both enjoy. And if you ruin and you don't hear them, this is what the kids are saying. If you don't hear them, then you are just ruining a chance or making it harder to transition into friendship. <laughs> but pens have not stopped, ladies. I know you guys can't see it because we're here in the monks, but the pens have not stopped. So with all that juicy, great information, I'm going to keep asking for more because you're okay. giving us right. good stuff here. So what do moms want our kids to know before we launch them? Or what advice can you give the moms. Well, I don't know if a lot of 17 or 18 year olds are listening, oh, but are. the They're moms not. might now make them. So yeah. here we go. Here <laughs> yeah, we go. Exactly. So this is what the moms want the 18 
year olds or the the seniors in high school to understand. And this is the stuff that I communicated to my friend Taylor Bartz, who then told the 18-year-old girls. It's basically the same points. And again, I'm speaking for them going off to college as far as what we're launching them. And we still want our kids to respect us, to understand that when we feel an impulse to tell them something, for them to try to hear us and not take it the wrong way. Because our intent, 18-year-olds, is to help you not make mistakes we've made, not make mistakes that would be life-altering. And that is why we are so free with our advice. When we set rules, it is because we think that they will prevent you from, you know, what we have in our minds of your whole life is destroyed. So politely having a conversation with us, instead of rolling your eyes or ignoring us or getting angry like we're against you, if you can just hear us and rationally speak to us in a way that we can hear you, that would be very helpful. You can come in a mature and respectful tone. You want to be viewed as an adult. So you need to start now speaking to us as adults. Mm. But it goes both ways. So the moms have to do and the dads have to speak a certain way. They have to learn a certain way. We're past the child. We're past the nine-year-old and the mom and dad. We're now two adults that need to now change how we speak to each other. And then you can work through these issues. As far as boundaries, I'm talking to the 18-year-olds. If you're draining your parents mentally, you have to stop. So I'm speaking to the point where you go and you dump. You're in a bad mood. Something bad happens with your friends. You're, you had a bad day at school, whatever. You come in and dump. Now, moms, we want to be a dumping ground. Most of us who have a heart for our children, we will take mm-hmm. it, right? But because you are transitioning into adulthood, you have to understand the effect now that it takes on our much older bodies, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so what happens when you dump and then you don't give us a resolution, Mm. is that we are sitting there, a lot of us in worry, a lot of us in anxiety, a lot of us in fear. And if we know and love the Lord, we're constantly praying to God, oh God, please help him find friends. (laughs) Oh my word, please (laughs) help him be safe. Please, they made a mistake, but please don't let it be this for them. All of this kind of stuff. So in my experience, when my daughter went to went to college, she's over there calling me and just very upset. She doesn't have a car. There's this get together or something off campus, whatever. I don't know. I'm left alone, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not doing well here at school. And then, of course, it goes into every aspect of, of her life. <laughs> like now she's failing classes all of a sudden. She's she has no life. friends. and she Exactly. So you're hearing all of this. And then you get off the phone. And as a mother, it just, it really devastates you because we want this picture perfect thing, right? So I'm just praying, oh God, please help her to get good friends that care about her too and this and that. And I'm just distraught. I'm back in the back room with my husband going, oh, you know, and I'm dumping on him, which he dumped on me. But then- Four hours later, I'm still worried. I'm thinking she's having the worst night of her life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at Instagram. She's like, she's hey. <laughs> like she's like having this thing. We're looking great. Has ten people around her. I'm like, what? <laughs> I've been, You've praying. Just been praying just for three hours. Yeah. <laughs> praying for three. Hours. Now, thank you, God, for answering the prayer. But this this solution, I'm like. 
Oh, uh, so how's it going? Oh, fine. Like, what do you mean fine? Oh, I'm the blah, blah, blah. So I'm just like, well, hello. It would have been nice for you to tell, tell me. me yeah. I've been worried. <laughs> so I would have to say to the 18-year-olds, if you need to dump, which you do, and I understand we all do, but be respectful enough to tell your mother when it's been resolved. I couldn't get a class. And then you got the class. I couldn't do this because we're over here battling in prayer for you. In prayer and emotions. Man, I tell you, it is rough. <laughs> draining, draining. <laughs> Communicate with your parents. Like, I think you even mentioned this. Like, text me back. Don't roll your eyes when I... If I if I wake up in the middle of the night and I have this like dread or something and I'm like, are you okay? Are you back at your dorm or whatever? Just say yes. Like, or thumbs up it. At least I know you're alive. Yes. Like, yes. It. Like, it, like it. Like it. Like it. Yes. See their point of view because one day you will have children that you are so attached to and you care for and you don't want harm to come to. So please be polite enough to do that. Be respectful when you're coming home. And if your parents have done my other suggestion with setting the boundaries and the rules for home, you'll be in a much better place to be respectful and receptive to their wishes. And then please, please, teenagers, remember that the goal is also for you, friendship. You want to have your parents as friends. Like they're great. They're the ones with the money, yeah. right? They're the ones that are going to dote on your kids and babysit and stuff. So if you can even develop that relationship with them in adult to adult, uh, you can do this by being honest and trustworthy, to be frank. It will be harder for the friendship to flourish and be healthy if you're not, because it just creates doubt in your parents. Value honesty. Show interest in your parents. Don't keep using them to be an ATM or a therapist. Like take an interest in them now. You are an adult now, so take an interest in how was their day? What have you been doing? How can I help when you're home? Take a burden off of you and shine for them. That's my little advice. How great are those lists? And, you know, you said something in the lunch that – when you said what you just said, mm-hmm. when you said take an interest in your parents, and then she turned to moms and said, and answer them when they ask you. I'm oh, so I did. glad I forgot that you that. said that mm-hmm. because Stephen, who is away at school, called me the other day and he was telling me stuff and he goes, mom, how are you? And I remembered what you said. And originally what we want to do is moms say, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. Tell me about you. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. part of being an adult is them learning how to care and how to have conversation conversation and so if we shut them down all the time because we just want to be the mom be the mom be the mom well part of having these conversations is learning how to be their friend and I don't mean dump on them like they might tend to do but just it's okay to tell them things they want to know they they want to be in your life so that was such yeah that's yeah, great like we good. mentioned like show them that our humanity mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah and you don't need to be like Eeyore all the time I don't mean that but like it's okay to be honest Heidi tell me because You have developed such wisdom because I know you love Jesus and you're in his word and he's taught you so much. And so I know that you have a good relationship with your kids now. Tell me what that relationship is like just real quick. What does it look like to be Christy and Kyle's mom? Well, we've made the transition into friendship and I can't tell you enough how thoroughly I enjoy my kids. (laughs) I enjoy all of them. I even enjoy, you know, in the bad times and the good times, but I just enjoy them as people. And being young adults and making life decisions on jobs and schooling and all of that kind of stuff, I wait to be asked. And when they ask me, my heart 
actually leaps. I'm like, Mm -hmm. good, I got something to do now. And I take the time and I always preface it with, this is my opinion, take it or leave it because I don't ever want them to feel pressure. And I think that's what keeps our relationship, I would say pretty healthy. I mean, I don't know what they'd say, but that's how I'm viewing the whole thing. (laughs) That's so good. So Heidi, we ended the first episode with you sharing a piece of advice for young moms who are not quite there yet. Um, you have this advantage that you get to not only you've, you've walked through motherhood until launching, but you also get to interact with a lot of moms that are in different stages because of mm-hmm, your, you know, mm-hmm. your occupation and being at the school. Do you have a word of encouragement for moms who may feel or may not feel up to the task of motherhood? Because it is a long journey. Mm-hmm. It's a long journey, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yes. Now you said moms. But I would first like to, I don't know if anyone's out there who's not a mom or who might be pregnant Um, or something. I just want to say one thing to them. Yes, please. If you have no children yet, like you don't have any, you're never going to feel like you are up for it. So you asked me like, you know, what's an award of encouragement for moms who don't feel up to it? Okay. So if you don't have children just don't worry about it. You're never going to feel up to it because you're always going to feel like you have not failures, but like problems or inadequacies. In, that's the word. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Inadequacies going forward because you don't know everything because you don't have kids. Okay. Just understand the goal. If you wanted to, you could make a purpose statement or a mission statement for your life. Mm-hmm. And if your mission statement has that you want to affect lives, then you need to have children if you're able. If you're able. Mm-hmm. Because through children, you can reach more lives, right? So you've invested in them. They're going to invest in others. And then like- Ripple effect. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Now, if you currently have children and you don't, quote, feel like you are up for the task, my, again, my word of encouragement may seem a little harsh, but it is meant to encourage. It's not about your feelings. Hmm. Like momhood is not about your feelings. You're saying that it's not about us? Exactly. (laughs) Wait, it's not all about us? Wow. Okay, we're the only ones. Exactly. (laughs) So it's not about your feelings. If you do not feel up to the task, then who cares? It's just too bad. You're in it. Okay. So you deal with your feelings about the situation with God. And you understand that your feelings change. If you're putting so much stock into feelings, then you lose sight of the goal. So I say you should decide again, make a mission or a purpose statement for your kids. And you go out and you accomplish that mission statement, no matter how you feel. You should be raising good citizens, just citizens who are compassionate, who are strong, who are independent, and who are honest. And you understand that the reason you are in the game of parenting is to put soldiers for the Lord in the fight. And they will fight in their arenas that they are given and on the paths that they walk. And they will affect others and be a light to others to point them to Jesus. And that is actually just like you. Because staying in the parenting fight, staying in and all in, is you not giving up any ground. Because you are a soldier. 
and you are a light, and you are always making a difference no matter how you feel. And that is what I have to say. Can we write a book about this? <laughs> Do you feel why I invited Heidi today? <laughs> I love it. I know yes, that our moms are so good. encouraged and truth is encouraging. Mm-hmm. This so. is so applicable, even if you're a parent or not. Let's just as us as God's creation, as human beings, it doesn't matter what stage in life you are. I love when you talked about feelings because I feel like this generation right now is is in the world is so towards feelings. It is everything it's all about it. It's all very self centered. Mm-hmm. I mean, the iPhone, the I, everything is I. That, yeah, that's I. the world. <laughs> yeah, I. It's all about I. But then we have the world preaching to our kids. It's all about your feelings, the way you feel about things. Express your feelings in social media, the way you feel, your anxiety, your depression, everything. You everything stores feelings, and you just preached it with a good slap in the face, which I love it, with a God-loving slap in the face. Like if you let your feelings determine how your life will go and not Christ, I mean, there's no way, there's no way you can do it Mm. as a parent, as a child, as a whatever you want to do in this life, not only as in in our motherhood, you know, journey. Love it. So wise. Mm -hmm. So wise. Can we make a book? <laughs> Just say, I got you. I got you. Oh, Soon. Okay. We'll talk again. But guys, we will make a book. Don't worry about it. Leave it to me. <laughs> Heidi, I have a new Heidi she has a project oh, for okay. you. <laughs> <laughs> no, Heidi, it's been such an honor to meet you and to Thank have you, very you here much. with us. I think Heidi needs to come back. Oh, yeah. she's right, coming lady? back. She's coming <laughs> back. She's coming so back. So we actually <laughs> lied to you. I'm so sorry. This oh. is, yes, the Mom Village Confessions. There's going to be a part four <laughs> and part five and we'll keep going. No, it's been a joy to have you here with us. Thank you so much for your wisdom, your time, and everything you share with our village. I know our village is so blessed. And we're going to say goodbye, but we'll have her soon. Right, ladies? Thank you. So let's say goodbye together at the count of three. One, two, three. Bye. Bye.